And I'm back with my show, Garden of Eden. It's Garden of Eden, and I'm your host. I talk about what I like most. Garden of Eden. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed that intro song. A special shout out to Joy Frankie for helping me produce that. And Kate, I'm joined with Kate Frankie today. Hello, hello. And this is Kate. <laughs> she does the harmony in that. So I guess shout out to Kate. To Kate, too. <laughs> Thank you, Eden. Um, and um, <laughs> you're not dreaming. Today, Kate and I are going to be talking about sleep. <laughs> Yay! Yes! <laughs> I feel like those. Okay, we tried with the intro. <laughs> Bad joke. But um, Kate and I thought that it would be interesting to do an entire episode for Garden of Eden this week on sleep. It's, it's such a mysterious topic. No one knows anything about it. Even when I was researching for um, the episode, I didn't, I didn't really, I didn't figure out that much because everybody's unsure about, about yeah. it. And like, I'm in a psych class right now. And even my teacher said, um, there's so much we don't know about sleep. A lot of what we're researching is just kind of theories because there it's, uh, most of it's unknown. So it's even more interesting that way, I think. Yeah. So Speaking of theories, I have a few theories that scientists, they're, they're like four main theories about why we sleep. And maybe you've learned about these in AP Psych. No? No. Okay. Then this will be new to you. Kind of new to me too. And I just want to preface this in saying, Kate and I are, are very novice. We, we don't know that much about sleep <laughs> ourselves. We will, might say something that's very inaccurate <laughs> accidentally, but we're trying our best. So first on why do we sleep is the adaptive inactivity theory. So this is a theory saying that inactivity at night is an adaptation that served as a survival function by keeping organisms out of harm's way when they could be vulnerable at night. So basically it's it's evolution almost. We evolved so that predators can't get us during night. Okay, wait, I think I actually learned about this today in my psych class where basically, well, it wasn't really, it was more of why we sleep in the dark more than why we sleep but I think it was because in the dark a lot of animals won't be able to see your movement if you I mean if you don't move we don't have that great vision so we're not the greatest um, competitors in the dark so by not moving and sleeping instead you're making yourself less obvious to predators it's just kind of weird to think that predators like that that relates to, to <laughs> us and how we function yeah I think I think that that's kind of wild and and that I also learned that animals did not have accidents during activities in the dark so they weren't killed by predators and mm-hmm. so through natural selection these like behaviors were became a part of us yeah which is so it's so cool that so basically it has to do with evolution and that we're out of harm's way in the dark yeah during the nighttime and then there's the um, energy conservation theory. This theory suggests that um, the primary function of sleep is to reduce an individual's energy demand and expenditure during part of the day or night. So basically, um, your metabolism slows at night, so you need less energy, and therefore animals would need less food and resources during the night because their metabolism slows down. Right. And s- okay, I'm a bit. I'm, the only thing I wonder about that is I feel like that's more of a like what happens when you sleep but it's not really a why we sleep 
like you spend less energy, but that's I feel like that's like a side effect of sleeping, you know? I think that I think that the theory is kind of suggesting that you need less food if you sleep. And so oh. like animals adapted to needing less resources because they're like, sleeping. They need less food because they oh, have yeah, this yeah, time yeah. during the day when they sleep. Yeah, that makes sense. So but... kind of, it makes sense. I feel like it's a little fishy. It's a little fishy. <laughs> and there there wasn't that much research to back that theory, so I'm a no, little but unsure. It makes sense. It, it does make sense. And because your your body temperature and caloric demand decrease during sleep, which is right. kind of kind of cool to think that yeah your entire body like changes when you're sleeping. And then um, we have two more theories. There's the restorative theory, which just basically says that your body needs to restore what it's lost when you're awake. But that's kind uh-huh. of like that's just basically saying we sleep for energy, which is yeah. Well, I think much. it could also it could also be um, restorative as in memories because something I've learned is that some people theorize that dreams are kind of you thinking back on your memories to like kind of cement them in your brain um so what right but then we're we're gonna be talking about dreams later on so stay tuned for that but (laughs) so we should i feel like we should save some of those thoughts yeah okay actually this says that the restorative theory also um speaks on um that your your muscles grow tissues repair protein synthesis and hormone release so also it's your body restoring not only energy but function like your functions oh yeah 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 wait actually this is interesting um so and another reason why like younger kids and especially babies need the most amount of sleep is because they're doing the most growing like babies double in size within maybe like three years whereas we don't like now as especially as adults you don't double in size so you don't need the same amount of restorative sleep oh that's isn't that weird so i guess that i shouldn't have bashed this theory at first because it actually does make a lot of sense yeah um and last but not least the there's the brain plasticity theory Mm -hmm. so um this is one of the most recent and compelling explanations for why we sleep Mm -hmm. um it's based on findings that say that sleep is correlated to changes in structure and organization of the brain Mm -hmm. so it's basically it's not entirely understood as are the other theories of sleep but um it has these implications saying um, that the brain plays like a critical role in development for influence in young children, which is why they spend so much time sleeping mm-hmm. because their their brain is like growing and morphing. Right. Which is weird. <laughs> like that's. I haven't. I so I know like a little bit about plasticity and that it's basically your brain um, growing and replacing what doesn't need to be there and just adapting to the surroundings. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if, as a baby, you need more sleep for more adaptation. Yeah, maybe. I I I I wish that I could understand these a little bit better. Talk to like a sleep expert. Yeah, a sleep expert. But for now, we'll serve as sleep experts. But um, I think we should take a break. Um, we'll be back after this talking about sleepwalking and talking. So stay tuned on Garden of Eden. After the break with Kate again, talking Uh, about sleep, 
don't snooze while we talk about sleepwalking. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what no, made it. No, I didn't make sense coming out of my mouth. I was I wasn't processing. Don't, don't snooze. Don't snooze. Listen to us talk about sleep. Don't. Uh. You snooze, you lose. If you don't. If you don't if listen you don't to listen. us. Okay, we're just gonna. Okay, we're just gonna. We're just gonna start. So we're, now we're gonna um, transition into talking about sleepwalking and sleep talking. And we just talked about the theories of sleep. And. There's even less like credible information about sleepwalking and talking than there is about why we sleep in general. So I think we're going to be telling a lot of stories during this segment because the facts aren't as cemented, substantial, yeah. cemented. I'll start with a few, a few cool things that I discovered about sleepwalking and talking. Mm-hmm. First of all, sleepwalking and talking is much, much more common in children than it is in adults, which kind of makes some sense you you hear about um adult sleep talking mm-hmm. but it's rare that you'll hear about an adult sleepwalking yeah and it's actually said that if an adult has not slept talked and walked a ton in their adult life specifically um walking and then they and then they start doing it it could be like a medical concern oh yikes which i don't i don't know exactly what the medical Dang. concern would be but it also could be linked to something psychological right like something traumatic going on in your life even in children if they're sleepwalking and talking a lot it can be something psychological yeah. like stress or i don't know yeah if something's happening at home you could be more likely to sleepwalk or talk which i found interesting and it's actually a myth that it's a bad idea to wake a sleepwalker have you heard that myth i actually i have heard that i haven't really thought about it but when it when I hear it now, it doesn't... I mean, it doesn't really make sense to me. <laughs> so, I feel like I've just always heard, you, like, you never wake a sleepwalker. Oh, you know you know why it is, actually? I think it's because... We talked about this in Psych Today, but basically, people that are sleepwalking and sleep-talking are in, like, the deepest of their sleep. And so, if you wake them, they're going to be the most grumpy out of any of their sleep. Because the lightest sleep you have is called rapid eye movement sleep. But yep, it's basically... REM sleep. Yeah. That's, yeah, I have this on here. But it's basically... If you wake up from REM sleep, you're going to feel more awake and have more energy because you're already more awake than your previous stages of sleep. Um, but if you wake a sleepwalker or a sleep talker, they're going to be in their heaviest, heaviest phase of sleep. And so when you wake them, they're going to be angry at you. <laughs> so when I was younger, I heard these myths about it being like somehow dangerous to wake a, sleep, oh, a sleepwalker or talker. Or, but really... Apparently, they could be disoriented just because you don't understand that you're walking. But yeah. You just guide them back to bed. You yeah. Don't, you don't need to do this whole like. Yeah. There's there's no there, it's not it's not dangerous to wake a sleepwalker or talker, and um this is this is a dream fact but mm-hmm. I found it interesting. When you wake up, um you forget after five minutes you forget fifty percent of your dreams. Okay, I relate to this, but I also think, even for me, I forget my dreams within, like, maybe 30 seconds of waking up. I have such a hard time remembering them, and I know that I dream because I maybe remember a dream, like, once every week or something like that. You can also, like, sometimes wake up and be like, whoa, that was such a cool dream, but you don't know. Yeah, true. But you know know it was good. Yeah. So, I thought that that was interesting. I I think it also depends from person to person. Like, I'm a really, really vivid dreamer. I Mm -hmm. dream... I don't know if it's because I'm sleep deprived, but I've always been the way that I sleep, walk, and talk a lot, yeah. like a lot. Yeah, you and do. I, should we? I, I can even okay. So 
I've had some weird experiences with um, sleepwalking. <laughs> uh-huh. Kate, have you ever slept sleptwalked? I have not. Um, my brother has, though. He used to have night terrors. Oh, yeah. We should talk. We're yeah. talking about night terrors a little bit later. But yeah. for now, so I... I sleepwalk a lot, a, a kind of kind of weird amount. So when I was traveling with my family once, there was this um, time when I sleptwalked in the middle of the night outside of the hotel room. I, I started to open the door, and my 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 mom like had to stop me and bring me back into the hotel room. That's actually so. And scary. I was like trying to leave, which is weird because if she hadn't caught me, I could have. Where would I have gone? Yeah, I think about that sometimes. Yeah, and, and something something like I feel like it's. You would expect yourself to not be able to get around, but when you're sleepwalking, you're still aware of your surroundings, yep. which I find so weird that you can, you still, like, you'll avoid a, a wall if you see it. Like, you won't walk into a wall. My most, my most reoccurring sleepwalking, I don't know if this really counts. I guess it does. But there's two that reoccur for me pretty frequently. Uh-huh. Um, one is when I will get up in the middle of the night and change into clothes and then go back to sleep so like i've woken up in jeans before from pjs i have this weird dream that that someone like coming to my room who's important or Uh like i'm having a meeting in my room and then i'm like oh i can't be in my pjs and i'll wake up in in jeans or a sweatshirt or a jacket (laughs) or something like that perfect ready for the day and then the second one is when my room is messy i will not clean it but i pile my clothes together or my stuff together so if something's Uh like on my floor i'll i'll just like shove it all into one spot Uh and then go back to bed and wake up with like a just a pile. <laughs> Which is so weird. It's really weird. I I wonder if it's like, there's, I mean, I feel like you can't really connect what you're like sleepwalking or sleep talking about to anything substantial, but it could be you trying to like get your life together by yeah. moving all your stuff <laughs> yeah. into a pile. What if I'm like trying to be productive at night? I'm like, might as well clean my room now in my sleep. Can you even, I don't know if it's, there's, I thought you were going to talk about so people think that dreams mean something things oh well i think it was we we also we also talked about this in my class where a lot of especially when people were beginning to research dreams they thought that they had direct correlation to what was happening in your life and so you would be able to analyze a dream and figure out what was going on in your life or what your wishes were like dreams to dream is basically this we use it in the same way as it is to wish like I I one of my dreams is that I want to go to a good college like it's weird because people thought that your dreams was basically what you wanted to fulfill in your life which is why we use that word as also a wish I've just well like my dream is to do that right <gasps> right I didn't know that it came from that yeah and so Whoa. and so I supposedly there's not that much scientific fact based on that dreams mean anything but i think a lot of people feel like they do i don't know people theorize like have you heard about the dream about all of your teeth falling out (laughs) have you not yes i have have. have. and have you had the dream i've had the dream god no i had it and i didn't know that it was a thing that people had until i heard someone say that and i was like wait a sec i've had that oh i can't even think about about it all of your teeth falling out and then they regrow and they fall out again it it was it was a weird dream and then there's the dream that like you're falling and people are like this dream means this this means this but yeah when you're falling when you're falling and it wakes you up because it's that scary yeah that no that happens there's something about that when when you're falling asleep do you ever fall asleep and then jolt awake like right when you're falling asleep that's that's something common i'm not sure what i think it's there's something about the transition that jolts your brain awake i remember reading something about that i'm not sure what (laughs) this 
so I think that's all we have right now for sleepwalking and talking. <laughs> yep. Any last thoughts, comments, questions, concerns? Um, no, not really. I mean, I haven't had personally. I haven't had that much experience with sleepwalking and sleep talking, but I think it's very funny when I catch other people in the middle of their sleepwalking. Yeah, kind of scary. Yeah, kind of. I just, scary. I just think that the whole thing is so fascinating that so we do these cool. things in our sleep without even realizing. Yeah. But um, we're gonna take another break, and we'll be back talking about night terrors and sleep paralysis. Ooh, scary, kinda scary, scary, scary stuff. See you after the break. I'm back with Kate Frankie on 88.9 The Bridge talking about sleep for this episode of Garden of Eden, my show. Don't sleep on it. Keep listening. <laughs> Her puns are getting worse and worse. so bad. <laughs> that took us so long to come up with and it's so bad. But anyway, this is, I think, the spookiest part of the episode. <laughs> We're going to speak on night terrors. Yep, we and are. sleep paralysis. Sleep paralysis. Ooh, so scary. But first, so scary. So night terrors. Um, I'll give a little bit of f- basic facts. There's not again. There's not a lot of, of facts about night terrors. Mm-hmm. But um, so these are episodes character characterized by extreme terror and a temporary inability to attain full consciousness. The person may abruptly exhibit behavior of fear, panic, confusion, or an impar- apparent desire to escape. There is no response to soothing from others. They may experience gasping, moaning, or screaming. Just that description in it's itself. It's so creepy. It's so creepy. Oh, and I should I should be saying where my sources are. Uh, I looked at Healthy Sleep, um, which was Harvard EDU, um, a government site that talked about sleep, sleepfoundation.org, and nationwidechildrens.org. Just had to get that in there. But now... <laughs> I know Kate's brother has sleep ter- has yes. night terrors. Okay. So I, I want you to say all about first this. Time, first time, I well, I'm sure it wasn't the first time he had a sleep t- uh, night terror, but it was the first time I was there for it. So usually he he's a very, very loud snorer. So usually you hear him like roaring from down the hallway and it's kind of just normal. My sister and I have gotten accustomed to hearing his oh, snores. Oh, the snores. I thought you were talking about... <laughs> like, they sound, his snores sound like roars. <laughs> not kidding. <laughs> But I noticed one day that he wasn't snoring and instead I could hear him like kind of like not crying, but like kind of moaning. And so I got my sister and we both went into his room and my brother was laying in his bed, sweating, like almost crying, like moaning at something like and we couldn't wake him. We were sitting next to him and we were going like, are you okay? Like, what's happening? Are you okay? Because we didn't know it was a night terror. We didn't really know what it was. And he just wouldn't wake up and he wouldn't snap out of it. And it was so scary. Like, That's he was. So scary. And he was like saying. It was like you've heard people sleep talk to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's kind of nonsense, but he was saying it like super stressed out, very passionately. And we were so worried. And then my parents came and they were like, um, it's a night terror. There's not much you can do about it. And the interesting thing was, he woke up and he didn't know that he had had one. Some people who have who have really bad nightmares, when they're going to bed, they're like oh, scared to go yeah. to bed because they're like, I don't want to have this nightmare. No, that would that would. So suck. he didn't he didn't even know. No, he didn't remember it. Were his eyes open? Like, was it like he was sleepwalking, but he was sitting? And yeah, he he was he was like, he seemed like he was awake because he was. I think his eyes were. I don't like remember, but they were like. Maybe yeah. like half open. Fluttering. Yeah. I think it's wild that he can't he can't remember. I know. This is the wild thing. About, the fact that we can't remember, we do these things. He has no idea. If he saw it on video, he would have no recollection right? ever. Right. And the and another crazy thing to think about is like, what was he seeing? You know. 
Like, what, what was he going, what was happening in his dream that made him freak out? Like, isn't that so weird? It's so weird. I, no one in my family has ever had, like, night, night terrors. Oh, dang. They've had, they've had nightmares. Like, I've yeah, had, yeah. I've had, have you, have you had nightmares? Can you remember any oh, yeah. that are, like, distinctive? Yes. I had one, I had one when I was younger. It was, it was like a recurring nightmare. I've told you about this already, actually, but it was about a witch that breathes, ah, like, yes. like, poison, and so you couldn't run away from it, and it was just, like, this big, thick green mist. It was really gross, but, yeah, that was, but that, but a night terror, that's, like, people on the outside know you're having a, that's just so scary. I think that's different. Yeah. I wonder, it, I wonder if it's in a different classification than a nightmare, and it's, I, th- I think terror. it is. I think a because and a night terror. I think a, a maybe a night terror is just much more extreme. But yeah. I also I know that night terrors are much much more common in children. Yeah. Um, like especially young children, and they just kind of get. Po- <laughs> I think of it as a bit of a possession. I think it's really like they just get possessed, and you can't it's snap so them out scary. of it. If I was babysitting and a kid got a night terror and they were <laughs> acting possessed, I would freak out. I would like call oh, their parents, being like, "Oh my god, I don't know what to do. I, do." I would not know what to do if that happened. And, and I'm one of those people who's who's oddly paranoid about everything. Kate knows this about me. I'm scared of the dark. I'm scared of demons. I'm scared of zombies. I'm scared that something's going to get me. There's always something out there that's going to get me. And so if, if a kid I was babysitting for started doing that, oh my gosh. <laughs> you would, but oh my God. I would flip would out. Flip. I would flip out. That's so funny. Um, but that's so scary. Then this is, I think that this could, you could even consider this even scarier than night terrors is sleep paralysis. Yeah. Because sleep paralysis is when you are aware that it's happening, but there's nothing you can do. It's almost like you're in, in this state in between being asleep and being awake where you can't move, but you can think. Isn't that what it is? Is that kind of... So you're... So here, I don't actually... I, I don't read, know anything okay, about I'll read, I'll read this definition that I found. This is via Wikipedia, very um, trustworthy source. Uh-huh. Um, very, very trustworthy. <laughs> so sleep paralysis is when, during waking up or falling asleep, a person is aware but unable to move or speak. During an episode, one may hallucinate... Um, which often results in fear. Episodes usually last less than a couple of minutes. It may occur as a single episode or be reoccurring. Oh my god, that's so scary. So, so basically, like, a common sleep paralysis dream, you could say, uh-huh. is someone will be sitting in the corner of their room, mm-hmm. and it's not moving towards them, there's no interaction, right? but they want to get out or move or scream or say something, and they see the person but can't do anything. God, that's so scary. Because, is that a hallucination then? I wouldn't... It's... It's similar to hallucination, I think. I think it's much less common. It's right. way, way less Oh, that's so scary because you're you're fully, like, you're almost awake, but you're still seeing the hallucination, and then you can't move. <laughs> the difference is, I think, between sleep paralysis and a night terror is that, for example, your brother John, he didn't remember his right. night terror, and therefore right. he wasn't scared to sleep, yeah. and he wasn't frightened of what he had thought. Whereas sleep paralysis... The idea that can that that can happen to you? Yeah, that's actually, I, I actually wonder how common it is. That's yeah. kind of terrifying. Like imagine going to bed and knowing that you would maybe semi wake up but not be able to control what you saw and not be able to move. I can't imagine the that. The lack of control in that is really scary. I think that, that that's so scary. So that all I've all I've ever had is a nightmare. Something like, oh my parents are getting divorced or something like that yeah I, I had a nightmare where my, where my parents were getting divorced and I woke up crying because sometimes do you ever think a dream is real you wake up and for a second you're like that was real well I I think you have a lot more like realistic dreams than I do I 
I think I maybe I maybe dream. I don't remember my dreams that much, but out of the ones that I do, I feel like if I compare them to yours, I it seems as if yours are more based in like modern Reality. world, whereas mine are a little bit more bizarre. Which could also make them harder to explain to someone else because you can imagine oh, what you're in your head, but you can't say it out loud. True. So, so I actually I think that I, I'd like to take one more break and then do final segment with some quick fire facts and interesting things that I learned about sleep. Yeah, let's do and it. Yeah, so we'll be back um, for the last time after the break. on 88.9 The Bridge, continuing my show Garden of Eden on the topic of sleep, joined with Kate Frankie again. Hello, this is Kate, still here. <laughs> um, and after this, you can take a nap. That's our <laughs> last sleep intro. That's our ending sleep pun. Yeah, it would even be a pun. I don't no, know. We, not, we, we ran out of ideas. Uh, for this little last um, ending segment, I just wanted to speak on facts that I learned throughout the researching process of sleep that didn't really they couldn't classify as like one area uh-huh. that I thought were cool. Just random so, facts. Um, starting off is still called um, mundafinil. That I think it's pronounced that way. Not sure. <laughs> um, and it's basically this pill that is prescribed to you and keeps in a regular dose. I'm not sure exactly what the dose is. Um, it keeps you awake for 18 hours straight. So imagine taking it and just as if you're awake on a regular day, mm-hmm. you're just awake for that long, but for 18 hours Oof. with just a dose, like just right. one dose. I can definitely, I can see why people would want to use it. Um, personally, I treasure my sleep like no other because <laughs> I I like to say that I'm gifted with good sleep habits. And I think, I mean, I think it's obviously genetic, like, or it's, not, it's kind of out of my control, but yeah. luckily I fall asleep easy. And, and so... For me, hearing that you could stay up for 18 hours, I just, I can't imagine it. I feel like that's so long. Having the ability to not sleep. Yeah, sleep. you don't know what you're missing. You, you, have yeah. no idea what's gonna, you have no idea what's gonna happen. Yeah. Which is scary. So that that is a weird drug. And that it's, is uh, really uh, weird. Um, it was created and I think prescribed at first to people with narcolepsy mm-hmm. mainly. But yeah. And then um, just another... A few, a few Spitfire weird facts is that, first of all, humans spend one third of their life sleeping. <laughs> one third. I love that. What? And then, oh, this this is um, interesting because you wouldn't think about this. Uh-huh. It's not uncommon for deaf people to use sign language in their sleep. Oh my gosh, like sleep talking, but not. I, oh. I can't even imagine. It's like, and then, and then for, um, for this one, yeah. um, people born blind experience dreams involving things like emotion, sound, and smell rather than sight. Oh, that's, I would love to see into a blind person's dreams. That would be so interesting. It would be so interesting because you don't, you don't think about what it would be like to, wow. to dream like that. That's you really cool. You can't envision anything. Yeah. You fall asleep, you can't, if you've never seen anything, you can't think anything. Right. Do you think that people who, um, who go blind later in their life, dreaming, dreaming color and pictures and stuff? Oh, they might dream of they might dream of memories. They probably, I, 
Maybe maybe it's a mixture of both. Like maybe they combine their memories with then their new how they use their senses yeah. after going blind. Oh, I that's crazy. See, but I I could see I could see someone who goes blind maybe later in their life like when they're 30 or 40 they have some hemorrhage or something. Yeah, yeah. I could see how they could dream in color, but I wonder about like a 6-year-old or a 5-year-old who, yeah. who's really young. So that's that's some, I think those are super interesting. Mm-hmm. A point of view that you wouldn't really think about. And then Whoa, okay, 12% of people dream entirely in black and white. That's that's, that's weird. Are you kidding? That's that's a lot do of people. You, do you dream in color? I, I definitely dream in color. Okay, I, I do too. I do too. Wait, this is one of those times where, I, where I'd look at a group of 100 people and be like, okay, 12 people here. <laughs> dream <laughs> Who in black dreams and in white? black Who and white? Here? <laughs> oh, and then this is um, interesting on the topic of, we talked about mandafinil. Mm-hmm. Um, the record for the longest period without sleep was 11 days. 11 days. Okay, that, I feel like 11 days doesn't sound very long, and for me, it makes more of an impact of how much we depend on sleep than, like, how long you can go without it, because 11 days, I mean, it's only a little bit longer than a week, and you can't go more than, that's, imagine how tired they were. It's kind of also a little weird to think that 11 days is such a small period of time, that's how, that's how important sleep is. Yeah. That only 11 days. Yeah. Is, is the the all-time record. Yeah, like, we listened to a podcast about that the man that didn't eat for a year. Oh, yeah. That's stuff... Oh, also, Stuff You Should Know. I've I've gotten some information for this sleep episode from Stuff You Should Know. It's a really great podcast. Where yeah. They talk about topics that you should know about, but probably don't. Yeah, and we learned about this man that hadn't eaten for a year and was basically fine, um, but his lack of the need for eat versus the lack of the need for eating um versus the like that you can only sleep for that they're the longest days. the longest gone without sleeping sleep is 11, 11 days. days that's crazy it's comparing the know. need for the two it's, it's i i find it so bizarre that sleep is such an important part of our everyday lives yeah and we know so little about it in yeah. contrast with other things so little yeah so crazy i i just i feel like maybe that's um a good note to end on yeah just the mystery basically we uh, ominous we love to think about sleeping but we don't know much about it it's fun it's fun to theorize about a topic that you know absolutely nothing yeah exactly not absolutely nothing but very very little yeah um this has been eden joined with kate on 88.9 the bridge on my show garden of eden kate thank you so much for joining me thank you for having me um and i hope you have a great rest of your day (laughs) 